Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Salamatsis ba. You what? I'm trying to say hello in Kazakh because I know oh. you would never guess what that is. I would. I, there's not a chance in. Not very nice. Hell that I would find that. <laughs> if you had said Salam ze Salamet Zeba is nice, <laughs> and then I would have been like, okay, Kazakh. All right, got it. <laughs> that would have been way too easy for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. No cheating in this game. <laughs> That's right. In Unexpected Asia today, we're going to talk about why Aussies are punching above their weight in the VRAR world. Oh, really? Ooh. West Coast, anyway. I thought you were going to say, like, Asian, like, mixed, mixed like, Martial relationship. Arts. No, no, oh, mixed oh, relationships. Okay. I'm like, why are Asian dudes, like, why are Australian dudes, like, punching above their weight oh, with, like, Asian girlfriends? <laughs> they really are sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, we're going to talk about cats and dogs. There'll be an ode to that one. Okay. Yeah. And in Ponder Ponders, we're going to talk about Asian, Asian-ish food. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. How they, the uh, appropriation or adaptation. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then in Secret Asian, Asian-ish, we're going to finish off with a game Madden style. So I've got an English actor or actress of Burmese descent who uh, he's very well known for being a little bit underground. Oh, I was going to say Ansuki. Anhansuki. Uh, I said that. I totally brutalized that. Yeah, Wrong yeah. sex. Anhansuki. <laughs> oh no no. So Anhansuki, you see, is is in the upper world where we live. But this one is a little what I'd say underworld. underworld. Mm, oh okay. You know who this is? In Burma. Uh, I've got Burmese descent. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, but more of that later. First up in unexpected Asia. Are you ready? Because yeah. Ready Team 1 from Perth was voted in this year, 2020, the world's leading VR game by Real World XR. I like their name, Ready Ready Team 1, like Ready Player 1. That's right, out of that movie. Yeah. By Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I know. And I think that's probably got where they got the inspiration. Right, okay. Yeah. These game dudes, these game geeks, man. They're, they're, they're just yeah. like on another level. Like they live in the same house. They train 24 hours a day. They drink Gatorade They probably. eat, they drink, they sleep together. Like they, they're just like this. They probably u- eat Uncle Roger's fried rice. This u- yeah. This, they're just like this cohesive unit of like game stuff. Yeah. And like live and breathe it. I know. But they're the gamers that sell the players. But what about the people who design all these games? So that's yeah. what Australia over in Perth with Ready Team won. That's what they won. They were judged against 16 other countries and yeah. came on top for their game called First Contact. Okay. So Interesting. You, you can probably tell by the name First Contact. Yeah, it's, it's about... a dating app. <laughs> it's about aliens. Dating aliens. <laughs> I thought the name would give it away. It's better than anime. <laughs> it's better than like the last episode that we were just talking about, like the ban on importing like weird sex objects from Japan. Hentai, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so How to love an alien. <laughs> well, it's less about loving an alien. It's about defending your planet and okay. then against all these hordes of aliens who look like cockroaches and uh, as yep. well as other uh, weird looking animals and to get the facility's power back online. 
Okay. Yeah. So even on um, today, they were on today tonight. Um, and the lady there, the presenter, she actually put the gear on. You get to wear a little backpack as well because I think that's what powers the uh, the, the VR stuff. The yeah. VR yeah. Stuff. And she thought it was so real. You could see that she was screaming and spinning around and crouching. Doesn't down. like cockroaches. No, no, not at all. Or getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> by laser beams. Yeah. At all. So you have to check that out on YouTube. It's hilarious just watching her reaction. What do we What do we search for today tonight? Today tonight. Ready, Ready team, team one. one. Okay. <laughs> it's hilarious. I actually want to try it out, but unfortunately they're all still over in um, WA. But I think the boys are bringing it over to uh, the East Coast. And it's a really cool story because uh, uh, I know one of these kids who started it was actually not a kid anymore. So one of the co-founders called James. So James is a really awesome guy. How yeah. He used to, he actually still works in sort of the mining sector. Yeah. And so in his free time, him and two other mates have decided to come together in Perth and say, let's build a VR, AR experience. So they've actually got um, their own business. They've hired out, um, I think they may they rent out this whole yeah. like a, a hall, so then you have enough room to run around, yeah. and they design uh, each template to to have like you know uh, really extreme um, sort of settings where you feel like you're actually walking across a drain, yeah, and then underneath it's just it's just vacantness. It's like you just literally fall into the waters. Wow. Yeah, it's so surreal. I, I remember. Yeah. Um, I remember when PlayStation launched their first VR game, mm. and it was like you're standing in this, like, so you're in the Great Barrier Reef, and you're standing in this sort of shark cage. Yeah. And you go down past the turtles and the beautiful Nemo's oh, and all that sort yeah. of stuff, and it starts to get darker, and yes. then you're like, oh, it's starting to turn into a cave. This is kind of weird. And then this like great white shark comes Hold out of it. nowhere and it starts attacking the cage yeah and you're like where is it <laughs> and the music and the, it was a, it's quite an immersive type of experience it's really like surreal like, yeah and some people mm. were getting a bit of vertigo because yeah. like you don't have any perception of depth like you look down and you can't see your feet yeah but you can't see how far away stuff is so yeah. it feels like what am i standing on and like <laughs> so i think it must be feeling exactly the same it's yeah like it's interactive so you can see all your players in the in the actual virtual world as well yeah it's pretty cool yeah and you're all you know obviously in different format as well it's an so interesting yeah it's an interesting mm. area and it could be you know it could be quite relevant like being covid safe and all that sort of stuff absolutely and yeah. also it's quite relevant to industry so there's been a lot of applications for defense so yeah training simulation for yeah. scenarios yeah mm, as well construction sites like yeah well do. there was a there was a company here um um in space in space in space vr mm -hmm. and they were doing it for like design application purposes so yeah. interior fit outs of buildings and stuff and you would go in and they would like look at how the light bounces off the wall or at certain times of the day, yeah. like how things would like how the colors and tones and all that sort of stuff would interact together. So it's a, yeah, it's got a heap of applications. Absolutely. And also for surgery preparation as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. really big these days. Better on the operation when you get the thing. <laughs> 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 you know that game that the yeah, game yeah, yeah. you're supposed that's to take operation. all out? <laughs> yeah. Operation. Like, <laughs> shaking and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so when these three um, co-founders are not busy, you know, making the world's best VR, AR experience, games, yeah. an experience, yep. they're actually uh, on a skateboard skating around Perth. Well, that's what James do. And he loves to take photos. So shout out to James. Good on you, mate. Okay. All right. <laughs> nice little plug there. Absolutely. Um, what else have we got for today's show? I believe you have some debt on cats. I do. So cat debt, believe mm -hmm. it or not. Is a real thing. I know because as a, as an owner of a of young a of a young cat. Oh man, 
our first and second visit to the vet was like, hang on, I just better call the bank manager and ask for like an extra <laughs> drawdown on my on my um, savings account. Can't just sell your scooter. <laughs> oh man, seriously, like the little the little thing. Puff God ball. love him. The little <laughs> fluff ball. Yeah. He'd been eating like some fine food, like so we'd been feeding him like pate, like oh, liver pate that is and very stuff. Fine. But like, do you know how many ducks die a terrible life? Yeah, but actually, not being able to walk? well, well, I think they were chicken livers, but oh, um. But either way, like apparently has too much vitamin A in it mm. and cats can't process, process vitamin A. So he had like toxosis of Ooh. like vitamin A. And so he jumped off the bed and he twisted his back. Oh my God. And he made this horrible noise. Oh and I was God. like, oh, the poor little thing. And we're like, oh, what are you going to do? And he was shaking and he was all scared and stuff. So we had to take him to the vet. Two days later, overnight bills, x-rays, enema, like, he had the works, like hook, line, and sinker. They saw oh, us coming. Milk, pure, organic Yeah, milk. yeah, yeah. Um, Hills, science, diet, pet food, blah, blah, blah. Premium, of course. Oh, man. So, we got pet insurance after that. So, oh, I'm right. like, How I'm not going How much did that cost you? It was like $1,100 or something. Oh, wow. That's quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. And then pet insurance is like 600 bucks a year or I'm something. I'm so glad we have Medicare. Anyway, back to the article. Um, <laughs> cat debt. So one of the worst things a pet owner can imagine is losing their fur baby, right? You know? Yeah. Well, this is exactly what happened to a Thai man earlier this month. Oh, really? And after missing for three days, his tabby cat, who has gone unnamed, um, was actually finding or uh, had an ability to find its own way home. Um, but the thing is, he brought a little gift with him. Or should I say the opposite is a gift. A rat in his mouth? Because he came back with a note around his neck with a bill for all the mackerel that he stole from the <laughs> from the local fish shop owner. Oh, no. So that's right. So the cat came back and he had debts to pay. So he like, you talk, we talk about robo debt. How about cat debt? <laughs> like, you know, this is a real problem, especially in emerging markets like Thailand. Yeah, the little little bugger got a little so bit hungry. Did they have a video of the cat eating all the mackerel? Or, or like it could just be somebody writing, "Oh, your cat owes me ten thousand dollars for eating." Yeah, no, I'd be I'd be wanting evidence mm, for that. But you know, absolutely. like cats are everywhere in Asia, like particularly street cats. You know, just and sort of what? Well, yeah, yeah, and stray dogs sort of yeah. wandering around and stuff. I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Like, if someone ate all my produce, I'd probably want to invoice the owner as well. But how entrepreneurial of them to actually put the receipt around the cat's neck in this little collar thing collar. so that it could uh, take it back to its owner. Well, they do, but you, you know, what do they say about cats? Cats don't like water, so it was definitely not going to be damaged. The receipt was not going to be damaged by water. So, wait, there's more to this story. Oh, really? So, it was a bit of a bittersweet reunion, as you can imagine. But so, the owner went on Facebook and he, sh he shared the story of his cat's oh. bizarre situation. And Luckily for the tabby, he was flooded with messages of support oh, and um, insistence that the owner needed to rectify this fishy fees owned by the by the uh, fishmongers' um, uh, troubles. Anyway, so the cat now is safely back home, uh, if not a little bit bigger and well-fed than, 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 than it was before. Um, and apparently they have a new mackerel supplier. So, yeah, and uh, if he's feeling peckish in the future, he knows where to go, right? That's right. He's got a good memory, that's for sure. <laughs> Talking about cats, let's go on to the, our next favourite animal, dogs.
Yes, we do like dog. dogs. Yeah. So, you know, in Japan, there was that movie called um, the Hachiko about the Akita who waited for his uh, owner to come back. Yeah. Which is actually based on a real story. Yeah, okay. the owner unfortunately died when he was at work. So so the uh, Hachiko just sat there waiting. Just waiting, waiting. patiently. Yeah. yeah. Real, you know. Real Japanese dog. So in Australia, we've got Red Dog from the Pilbara region. All yeah, right? and so, the, the dog on a tucker box. Yes, that's right. Exactly. So they have their own statue in a way. So they've been built as a iconic. Yeah, um, it's like a tourist attraction. So, that's right. Big banana, big sheep, big, big dog. Thing, <laughs> big dog on a tucker box. Well, there's a huge gold dog on a tucker box. Well, not really a tucker box, on a statue in yeah. Turkmenistan. So um, the president over there has decided, mm-hmm. because he's actually really big on... Um, on dogs. Actually, this is really yeah. bad. Yeah. He's a big dog. He's a, he's big a dog, dog lover. lover. He's yeah. a big dog lover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the president over there uh, from Turkmenistan has erected a golden statue. <laughs> erected. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> For the alibi breed, which is uh, also known as the Central Asian Shepherd Dog. So they weigh about 50 kilos. So it's yeah. a big statue. Actually. Wow. Yeah, okay. the statue is like nearly six meters tall. It'd be heavy as hell if it was made out of gold as well. I, I know, I know, exactly. So he um, he's written a book and poem about these yeah. the breed. So it's yeah. um it's a real reflection of the uh, of Turk uh, Turkmenistan yeah. itself because um the horses and dogs are a national pride to the community because you know they use them for a means of work for labor. Yeah. So the yeah. historic nomadic lifestyle that they have. Well, kind of kind of similar mm-hmm. to Australia, like um you know. Sheep dogs, sheep dogs, and like dogs and horses are treated as like kind of working animals Mm. in Australia as well. Yeah, but they always have a really strong affiliation with their owner. Mm. I think there's like there's two sides. You can either be a working dog or you're a house dog, but you can't be both. So the working dogs are kept in the Mm. in the shed or they're kept in the barn or something like that. Oz Post, yeah, 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 with all the Australian Post missing parcel things. Um, whereas the house dog only stays in the house, but he never—he's not allowed to work. <laughs> he's allowed to go and observe from a, from the tractor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. good for. Oi, blue. <laughs> yeah, so if you're a dog lover, I think you have to go and visit this gold statue. Turkmenistan. How how would one get to Turkmenistan? You can't fly, obviously, from Australia at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You may have to take a boat. <laughs> yeah, it'd be quicker. <laughs> yeah, so it's really funny. I was doing some research, and then I realised these dogs, the uh, um, alibis, they are banned in Denmark. So okay. there's actually a dog legislation called the Danish Act on Dogs where they do not allow this breed into Denmark. Dog legislation. Dog legislation. It has its own legislation. So out of the 13 dogs, obviously the alibi is one, and the others are um, American Bulldog and Pitbulls. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I thought, you know, might as well. <laughs> That's that. pretty cool. Yeah. Never knew there was such a thing as an act on dogs when yeah. they get banned. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> And what else have we got? What have we got in... Um, what are you going to quiz me on today? Well, I thought maybe before I quiz you, we could do Ponder Ponders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so right. what are we pondering about today? Asian food. Yeah, so, Asian-ish food. Yeah, whether it's like what we love here in Australia and whether it's the same as what it is in Asia. All right, okay. So we're talking about... Like, oh, Appropriation versus adaption. adaption. Mm. Yeah, like um, somebody was talking about the Chico roll. Yeah. Tell Have you me had that. Oh, maybe when I was like younger. Yeah, like, I don't think they're around too much. They're no, always in the yeah, tuck like, shops. Yeah, yeah, I think the problem was like they had so many problems with salmonella because they would sit in the <laughs> shop for like 
three days under that heat lamp thing. Or you know, usually it'd be in like service stations. Service like, as well. Yeah, and they used to deep fry it and have us yeah. sit in the um, Oh, they're horrible. Oh, what are they called? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other adaptions? Deep fried ice cream? Deep fried ice cream, yes. That's every... something I don't think uh, the Chinese have. No, but they're... every time I go to a Chinese restaurant, that we've got this local one just up the road in um, Neutral Bay and we mm. go there. I swear to God, every time I go there, the lady tries to upsell me on the deep fried ice cream. Does, it, does she also offer strawberry, chocolate or caramel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Like, And it's, so it's basically... For those who don't know what deep fried ice cream is, it's pretty much what it sounds like. They get a bowl ball of ice cream, they make it super cold, mm. cover it in batter. Crispy batter. Crispy batter, fry it, mm. and then literally drown it in like strawberry chocolate or caramel sauce. sauce. And so it's, it's nice and hot on the outside. As if you weren't, to go in there. Yeah, it's as if so you weren't yummy. full enough on the start of having a, just a big Chinese banquet. Thing, it's your wholesome Aussie Chinese Then this meal. is the way There's to finish dessert. off right. the dessert. And then you, you're guaranteed to walk out of there, but oh, I shouldn't have I done that. I would definitely that. recommend the deep fried ice cream, but not the chicken roll, because that stuff is just, it's just uh, yeah. nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also bowels. What do you think about, you know those little white yeah. bowels and you, you can put like yeah. uh, barbecue pork in it or... Yeah, there's a place stuff. down here in mm. um, Darling Square that mm. does it. And they look really good, just too much. Like you just can't eat it. Like the bow is not appropriately sized. Yeah to the amount of topping and oh, filling that they fantastic. pull in it. Yeah, but like trying to eat pork belly that's like oh, dripping yum. fat out of the thing. Yeah. It looks really good and it tastes amazing, but getting it in your mouth is just another, like it's just another mission. And it's amazing because I think it started off in Taiwan and it's pretty much in all Aussie bars and pubs. So not just yeah. the Asian um, restaurants or cafes, yeah. it's yeah. pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it is yeah. good. And uh, what about uh, Uncle Roger and his fried rice? I don't know if you guys have got onto this trend. It's not it's not particularly new, but it's amazing. I just introduced Madam Chan to Uncle Roger, and he is the new sensation on YouTube talking about how to fry rice. And he tells white chefs like Gordon Ramsay how yeah. to do it properly. Yeah, he's you don't gold. use a second wok. <laughs> yeah, a fresh second wok. No, I think he he was all in praise of some of those things. Mm. Like, but but yeah, it's um it's worth a watch if you get a chance. And what about like uh, fried chicken? Oh my god, I don't know about you, but KFC and just fried chicken in general in yeah. Asia is so much better. I don't know what yeah. they do. It's less grease yeah, or less something. Yeah, less grease and more crisp. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. It's just I think so it's much probably better. if it's better quality chicken, mm. because like most KFC in Australia is just like carcass with batter on it. Yeah, and the chicken it kind of tastes like it's boiled, like second at least yeah. three times. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, but in Asia, you know, like Korea, Korea's famous for the yeah the ca- Korean fried chicken. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's gold. I know, and then really also Macca's in Asia is amazing. So uh, I remember traveling around Asia, and we oh. went to McDonald's to every single uh, country. Yeah, and in I think it was Singapore or Malaysia. Well, I've never seen this in my whole entire life. But yeah. they had a burger with rice patty. So, so you know how you have a yeah, bun? Yeah, so yeah. Is that in Japan? No, no, no. That was either uh, Malaysia or Singapore. I can't remember now. Yeah, yeah so Malaysia. The, yeah, yeah, so they had rice patty as the bun part. So Oh, so good. I know, so different. I was just like, this is weird. It's it's falling all over the place now. I yeah. feel kind of gross. I remember, I, I, bun back. <laughs> I remember I went to Kuala Lumpur and it was the middle mm. of Ramadan. Poor yeah. timing on my part. Um, <laughs> and, I, uh, and you couldn't get food anywhere. Like all the shops were closed mm. and like a lot of places would only serve food after sunset. Mm. So if you're hungry during the day it's actually really difficult to find food yeah went to kfc oh food everywhere 
best chicken burger I've ever had in Malaysia, of all places. I know. They, they, they do their food so know, well. Know how to do a, a fried chicken burger. Yeah. And same with Pizza Hut in Asia. It's like a totally different experience. Yeah. You know how pizza's over here is like, oh, yeah, you just uh, grab Domino's, Pizza well, Hut. Well, first of all, it's about it. that Pizza Hut pizzas now are about that, that big. That big. Yeah, yeah. Like literally the size of like two hands. In Australia? Yeah. Oh, They're wow. getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, like, I'm finding the Domino's, there's less toppings now. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they if can do to... If they're still selling at $5, that's pretty, you know, know that's uh, crazy. interesting. Um, yeah, but over in Asia, it's a totally different experience. It's like a premium experience. Yeah. So when you go there, you, there's buffets and there's service and everything just looks it's so good. better. Yeah, and it's clean and it's new. and Yeah. Then, yeah. There's not like chewing gum stuck underneath the table. Yeah. and. But I don't know if it's like, you know, um, appropriation or adaptation, but some of the mm. stuff have like peas. You have peas on your pizza. I thought that was a bit weird. Yeah, I've had corn on a pizza. Corn yeah. never should Asians have a Place. Corn for some odd reason. All yeah. the you know how over here in Australia you've got that weird yellowish sauce. Oh uh, no, it's like got, mustardy something. No, no, no. When you have your chicken, it comes with chips. Over in Asia, it comes with corn. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So, so that's the difference. I think they've got racial prejudices from the from um from the working class back in America. <laughs> that's where the corn and fried chicken comes from. But now it's potatoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a famine. Potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. No, oh, forget that's it. right. Um, so I think I think when we talk about all these food, mm. okay, I think it's adaptation because mm. when McDonald's went over to Germany, they were serving beer in these McDonald's. Yeah, I know. Because that's part of the the culture. Yeah, when I was in mm. high school, one of my German mates always used to come back from holidays. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? <laughs> I bought beer in McDonald's, and we're like. <laughs> Yeah, man, whatever. And then he's like, here's a photo. Yeah, here's Brr. a photo. It was serious. Like, and he was like all of 15 or something. And I they, know. Didn't, they didn't care. <laughs> and they're like, this is part of our society. People know how to restrain themselves. <laughs> all right, moving right along. Let's on to secret Asian, Asian ish. What's the password? Captain Bagrat. Come in. Who will I expect this week? Like, what do I have to do? Come on, is this a quiz? Is it a quiz? It's oh, I always get nervous Madden. about this. All right, it's a talented Hollywood star on the silver screen. Yeah. And um, Alexa Chung. Uh, it'd be a little bit easier than Alexa Chung. Sorry, that oh. I really stumped you with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so this person just shown me a photo. Just says elusive with her Burmese heritage, and it's not Aung San Suu Kyi. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? I am. Okay, clue number one. I was born in London, England, obviously, on the 26th of July, 1973, to an English mother and a father of Burmese descent. So he was Anglo-Burmese, not full. Born in England mm -hmm. to an English mother and a father of Burmese descent. Mm, but it, mother was English. English, English yeah, the okay. Father was English Anglo. I mean, sorry, Burmese Anglo. Okay, uh, no. No, okay, clue number two. She has been the love interest of Batman, Wolverine, and Bullseye in various films, not in real life, in films. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing? No. Okay. She's won the W.H. Smith Young Writers Award twice. She won the first one as a teen for a fictional short story and a second one for a series of poems that she penned. So very talented young lady. Okay, so not just an actress, but also a poet. Mm. Mm -hmm. Artistic. Okay, that, clue number four then. That's just throwing me off on a totally different direction. No. <laughs> All right, clue number four. She's perhaps most well-known... Oh, this is going to 
you're going to get this now, for her leading role as a vampire in this long-running series from 2003 to 2016. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah, no, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it sounded funny. Uh, she's not as funny as Buffy. She's very serious and she's below the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that is enough of a clue. Anyway, uh, clue number five. She's a female lead in the historic epic film Pearl Harbor. Ah. Uh... I have the picture in my head and I don't know her name. And she's got brown hair, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who is it? It's Kate Beckinsale. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. of course it is. I didn't know she had Anglo-Burmese. Did I didn't anyone? know either until, you know, we dug a little bit deeper when you find out about these things. Yeah, okay. But there's definitely another, you know, Alexa Chun. Yeah. Completely, yeah, stumped yeah, me as well. Yeah, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, How interesting. Yeah, I know. Can't wait till next week where we find out some more secret Asian, Asian-ish. I yeah. who it could be. And if Kanye is going to run for president in 2024. I know. <laughs> <laughs> After Biden, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent chatting to you. Upper Adam, I got to run. All right. Back right out. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce, and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid.